0: Headphones ready to hear what it's all about, it's now. about now, when it's all we'll about. We'll have no fun,
1: fun no fun, because Jen Kirkman's, Kirkman's podcast comes out today. No fun, we'll have no fun, 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 because Jen Kirkman's podcast comes out today. No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, no fun, season 10, episode comes out 6, today. hello! You may get this entire episode, which will be about an hour, on my Patreon the links are in the show notes. $3 a month gets you the two new No Fun episodes every month, plus other bonuses. So, you're not just paying $1.50 an episode, you're getting all kinds of stuff, but the episodes are ad-free. How you like that? And you are supporting me now that I no longer go on tour. That's right. I get to sit on my butt and not have to travel and you Get two hours worth of comedy for $3 a month. Now, when you come see me live, you pay 25 bucks plus drinks, plus parking, plus the babysitter and I do an hour. I mean, I've been ripping you off for years and now I'm giving you a (laughs) discount. So, get on over there for three bucks a month and you might think, what's my three bucks gonna do? Well, that ends up being over $30 a year and let's say a hundred people right now decide to to do this, a hundred times 30, you do the math. I think it's 3,000. Is it 300? 100 times 30. No, that's 3,000. Guys, you just paid my rent for one month. I know, it's expensive. So there you go. Think of it as a collective. All right, I'm going to finally join today. And with the power of my joining, 100 other people are going to do the same. And here we are. You're going to have a lot of fun over on Patreon too. No ads. Come on. And you can interact with the other patrons if you want, or you can ignore them. I don't what you people do what you need to do. Anyway, whew, one more thing before I get into my story about Dunkin' Donuts. I know. How could I make you wait any longer? Jen, lead with the important stuff. Dunkin' Donuts. But this is important. I have a new comedy album. It's out. Well, if you're listening to this First thing Thursday morning It's out tomorrow Friday, March 25th Here's the excitement I was on tour 2018, 2019 Working on some stuff I'd already known at that point That Netflix had said You can't have another special Because we say so Because we suck And so they told me that in 2017 But I was like, well I'm a stand-up, I gotta go on the road for a living, so I'm gonna keep doing comedy. And all the other streamers followed suit. Once Netflix says no, the other streamers aren't going to say, what, the most popular stand-up special network doesn't want someone they've worked with twice? Oh, we'll take her, you know what I mean? That's just not how that works. They don't want Netflix's rejects. So, I went on tour, do my thing, got a new hour material after a couple of years. I will be honest, it's harder as you... You know, your first special is usually like 10 years worth of material, you know, your best bit from every year, and and you can find a way to tie it all together or whatever it is. But you've had a lot of good stuff that people haven't seen yet. Your second special, yeah, you had some good stuff that you were working on behind the scenes while you were. Preparing to film your first special And then if you get a third special Well, that's when things start to get dicey That's when you see a lot of comics Start talking about traveling Because that's all you've been doing For the past three years And so my 2018-2019 material um, Definitely isn't less than my first two years But it's less um, about like These are my opinions about life You know, because When I was younger, I had such hard and fast opinions. I don't want kids. I'm getting divorced. And I agree with both of those things for my life. But there was this fiery passion. I must tell you all who I am. And then as you get older, you are less interested in announcing who you are and you just kind of be. And there was more of a zen quality. I know that's hard to imagine about me. And so this material is important to me and I love it. But what I find interesting about it is... It it has a little less, it's delivered with a little less urgency. And at first I didn't want to do a comedy album because I used to think of that as a step back from, oh, I've already been on doing a special. I can't do an album. And then you think, nobody knows. Nobody's really analyzing this stuff, Jen. Only you and the other comedians. And my touring agent said, actually, comedy albums are back in a big way because of all the streaming audio services. People listen to comedy albums all the time. And there are now comedy channels on Sirius Radio. There always have been, but but these but they stayed around and they're getting more popular. And you know, sure, people like to sit at home and watch Netflix specials, but they do also like to listen to things in their car in their headphones, on their commute, while they're working out. So I thought, all right, I'll do an album. I actually don't think of it as a step back, but what was so cool about this whole experience is because my material has this a little more of a, hey, let me tell you some stories about things I'm finally realizing. You know, I I talk about sexism in this new special, but it's, it's about things I went through as a little kid that I never knew were sexism. You know, the flasher in the town library, my fifth grade teacher not punishing the boys that picked on me and saying boys will be boys and me having to go to anger management with the school psychiatrist who smoked. (laughs) And I talk about smoking inside and what a joy that was if you were a smoker back in the day as compared to if you smoke and have to stand outside in the freezing snow. I don't smoke anymore, but uh, a big part of that, honestly, was when they banned smoking inside, it suddenly just less places to smoke and you don't want to stand outside in the freezing cold or alternately in the hot heat, just all became less appealing. You would think the thing that's not appealing about smoking is that it's killing you, but, you know, ask a smoker, that's the least thing on their mind because you just kind of go into this denial. And so anyway, so I talk about smoking, I talk about my family, you know, looking back on growing up Catholic and how my mother a few years ago at Christmas said, (laughs) She's starting to question things. I talk about this bizarre family fight we had on Christmas one year. Uh, It's really a wild, wild story. So, and I talk about, you know, just the everyday sexism I experienced as I got older after growing up with the Boys Will Be Boys, what it's like to just get in an elevator and have to negotiate with yourself do I get on with this group of men that know each other in the elevator? Women will know what I'm talking about or people that are threatened by um, cis straight men. and Or do I wait for the next elevator and ride alone? Riding an elevator with two guys who don't know each other, that's safe. But one of them gets off the elevator and the other one starts haranguing me about the size of my suitcase and I go into a whole thing about imagine if two guys were in an elevator, would they treat each other that way? So it's fun. You know, I'm, I'm having fun with it. And then of course, I tell a story on the back of the flasher that tried to show me his penis when I was five, that that's a thing that keeps happening throughout your life as a woman. Like, oh, I don't know, when Louis C.K. tried to show me his penis and he asked for consent, which um, people seem to think makes him a hero and makes the whole situation just not a thing. And I, I take you through on the album why asking someone you've known for years who is a peer and a friend, while you're a married man with children, why asking them when you've cornered them, Why asking me to, you know, can I show you my penis, why that is not quite consent. Like the whole situation I didn't consent to, the question, it's not a polite question to ask for consent in and of itself, in a vacuum. If you're in a relationship with someone and they wanna do something bizarre sexually and they ask your consent, Absolutely, because I've already consented to even be in a situation where that conversation would come up. This person is my lover, but when it's my friend who's married and I trust them because they're married, and we're talking comedy like we've done for five years, and then they say, "Can I show you my dick?" You're like, uh, "That that whole situation, I didn't consent to ever be asked that." There's like levels of consent. So, but I make it funny. I make it funny, and and I'm really proud of that because. For so many years, I only talked about it on a serious level and the media was after me. And now it's like, hey, you know, if Dave Chappelle can get on Netflix and do literally two out of his five specials mention Louis' scandal. Now, Dave doesn't know anybody that was harassed by Louis, either verbally or physically. He doesn't know any of these people, but he's weighing in with his opinion that all the women Louis harassed, because they spoke out about it, they have weak-ass spirits, brittle-ass spirits, he said. Don't even get me I think I a whole other lecture I could do about that But I figured Well Dave Chappelle Can with zero jokes Talk about his friend Louis On his Netflix special I mean I wouldn't dream Of just like not doing Just jokes And funny stories on Netflix
0: Man that sunset is gorgeous
1: Grill Patio Sunset Hard to get better than that Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory While you soak it all in
0: Oh, burger time.
1: So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
0: I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience.
1: Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Because it's so hard to get a Netflix special, you don't want to just ramble for 10 minutes. But Chappelle, he's, you know, I guess according to everyone earned that right. So, okay. I don't know when you start to abuse that privilege. I think he has, but, but I thought it's, I'm the one that got harassed. It's my story. Why can't I on my album tell it in a funny way? Because at this point, there's just nothing left for me to do except laugh at the absurdity, not of what happened, but of how people tell me it wasn't a big deal because he asked for consent. I focused just on that little nugget. That's what made it. That was my in entry point. And that's what made it fun for me to talk about. I didn't go into all the times he harassed me and all the things he said and all, just this one thing. And I felt I made it funny. And I feel if anyone complains about it, if any guys in comedy say, you're trying to take him down again or you're trying to get attention, I can just say, I'm making jokes. Free speech. You know, it's like Make it funny and they can criticize you, but you can just keep throwing back in their face. Well, I was just making jokes. Are you offended by jokes? I thought we had free speech. All the things that guys say when they get in trouble for what they say, right? You're trying to cancel me. I'm just doing jokes. Well, I'm gonna say the same thing. So anyway, all that to say, I liked recording it as an album because it has this sit down vibe and I am sitting on a stool during it. And it has a little more of a, all of my material is always conversational, but it's a little slowed down and it's a little less like top of my voice, like intense, you know, not really yelling. So I really like how it came out and I don't think it could be anything else but an album. You know, there's really no, with the exception of one bit where I run around doing something called the windmill, there's really no need to look at it, you know. Um, although the the record label did record it, video style, but only to use only to make little clips so that we can put them on video based social media, TikTok, Instagram to just get people interested in getting the album. But so you may see some video clips going around, but no, that won't be released because the album was edited together. So I put the best, you know, oh, I like the way I did this joke Saturday night at eight. I like the way I did the other joke Saturday night at 10 to get better. So we spliced this together so it really wouldn't work out as a video because you'd see me wearing different outfits. And I know Chris Rock did a special like that once, but anyway, so it's audio only, album, album, album. It's called OK Gen X, which is a takeoff on the expression, OK Boomer. And it's a uh, ode to the forgotten generation. You know, I also talk about being an environmental activist when I was little, but There was no social media So nobody found out And I am jealous of Greta Thunberg Because I feel like I was her before her And I really wanted to be famous for it When I was younger You want to talk about the world ending And I, I don't mean in any specific way Just probably more climate change than anything But I've already gotten some flack on social media From people who are either humorless Or just suffering Saying it's not the time to joke about the end of the world This isn't funny And I thought it's always the time to joke about the end of the world See, Gen X, we've been joking about it since we were kids. We danced to songs called I'm Gonna Party Like It's 1999. Prince wrote the biggest funk of a groove dance song about the bomb dropping and the world ending in 1999, sort of an amalgamation of his weird religious beliefs that Armageddon was coming about in 2000, and then also... This was the 80s. We were in the Cold War nuclear age, and we're back. We're back, baby. We're back in the Cold War, which is kind of a hot war at this point. So, Gen X has always laughed at the end of the world because we didn't know what else to do. (laughs) So, turns out it was a pretty good coping skill. So, the album is out or will be out on Friday, March 25th. The link is in the show notes, baby. And you can go to jenkirkman.com And right there on the homepage of my website You can get all the info You can find out where you can stream it And yes, I get residuals when you stream it So don't feel guilty if you don't buy it However, I will make a pitch for buying it When you buy my album It will climb to the top of the charts on iTunes And it doesn't take much Like a hundred people could buy the album And it could go number one And it could stay there because so few people buy comedy albums that having the number one album sometimes means 70 people bought it. And although I have to split that money with the record label and there's fees and all this, I do get a few bucks per album. So it helps, Um, which is more than I get when you stream it. But, you know, residuals and streaming, it's sort of more of like an adds up over time thing. I will eventually get some money. But buying it, one of the main things that's cool about it is you help kick it up the charts. And then when people log into iTunes and they see comedy, oh, number one, who's Jen Kirkman, they may buy it or they may stream it. But you help the algorithm. And what I love about that is anytime we can get the algorithm to push towards women in comedy, I'm a fan of that. So I would make a pitch for you to buy it on Apple Music if you can. I will put that link in the show notes as well. And There is no physical copy. There's no vinyl. There's no download card. There's no CD. It's just digital. So I hope you'll enjoy OK Gen X. And as for now, I have quit touring. I don't plan to ever tour again. I don't plan to do stand-up in the same way that I've done it. I I do plan to resurrect a one-woman show that I used to do about anxiety and nuclear war in the 80s. And I plan to do that in New York and kind of workshop it over the next couple of years. But... It is a very much a, thea- not theatrical, like I'm doing a play, but but more, it's not for comedy clubs. It's not for drunk people that don't know me yelling. It's for people that want to go see what this is. And that usually means it's in New York and that's where I want to be. So I'm not done with the stage, but I'm done. I've closed the chapter on stand up the way I used to do it. Um, I always want, I moved to New York in order to do one person shows. And I just, once I moved here 25 years ago, I... I just found out that world I wanted to be in wasn't quite a thing at the moment. And I kind of got sucked up into doing stand-up the more traditional way with a little twist. I feel like I've always had my own style. And now I did it. I conquered it as best I could. I got to tour the world. I got to make people laugh, even if they hate women. I got to be on Netflix. I got to be on Conan and The Tonight Show and Stephen Colbert and Craig Ferguson and a bunch of things. I can honestly say... I did comedy in a mainstream way, being this weird little alternative comic, and I'm really proud of that. And now I'd like to go back to what I always meant to do, because that's just what my soul wants. So come on this journey of OK Gen X being my last comedy album. I'm certainly not retiring from comedy. That implies there's a pension and some money waiting for me. I quit comedy because sometimes I have to quit in order to reinvent, right? Okay. So let me tell you my little story here. I put this on TikTok. Oh my god, people went crazy. I don't know what's going on. Do you just is it people have said to me that they think it's the focus group culture, but I'm like how many people are doing focus groups? And and I guess they don't mean a literal focus group where you sign up and go into a room, but just everything now. Let's get your opinion on this. Let's get your opinion on that. You should yelp something. Take a survey at the end of this transaction. But I'm thinking does anyone ever go to cvs.com and And talk about their transaction Does anyone I know people Yelp And a lot of people use it as Almost a blog And they try to make it funny Or it's their thing And then other people do Just go on and complain When they feel helpless and unheard But in general Are people really weighing in all the time? I I feel like they're asked to but do we all really ever do it? And maybe it's just the culture of being asked all the time for your opinion. You know, you buy something, you do not sign up for the email list, and yet you still get a follow-up email. Tell us how we did. Is it that people are just now kind of brainwashed into, I, n- I must tell you how you just did. I cannot just watch your funny video and see if I relate. I go to another place in my brain where you, person complaining, are the enemy now, even though I've definitely complained about what you're complaining about. a hundred Like, Is that what's happening I mean I know the bigger issues People are stressed They have anxiety They don't like it I get it I'm talking about like Let's drill down What is the actual urge To correct someone Give advice So here's what happened What makes a life a good one Is it the adventure you have Or the friends you find along the way Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I took a, a last minute impromptu trip to Boston last weekend to Massachusetts. Got together with my parents and my sisters. And I have a whole story about that that's on the Patreon version. Oh, my God. Missing a flight, renting a car, and then a debacle on the flight on the way back involving a flight attendant who told me I'm not allowed to talk to other passengers. Oh, you've got to hear this story. I mean, just sign up for the Patreon. Come on, peeps. So, anyway. So, I make my own coffee every morning. I don't yell at me. I drink Starbucks, but I love their Christmas blend. I think it's a superior coffee. So every year I buy like a lot of their Christmas blend. I probably have 20 bags of, of decaf and regular Christmas blend. And I drink it throughout the year. I usually start running out in the fall and you go, Jen, coffee doesn't even keep that long. I don't care. I'm not that much of a connoisseur. I just like what I like. So I make my own coffee every morning. I make a pot of half-calf. I get up early, 5 or 6 a.m. I do all kinds, like right now at 7.30 in the morning, I'm recording this podcast before I go to work. And then I have my little coffee in the morning and then sometimes they do a coffee run at work. I'll have a little more then. But I don't buy coffee. I don't buy one and done coffees anymore. I'm a total make it at home, bring it with me to go kind of gal. When I'm traveling, I ain't traveling with a thermos, okay? There's too much shit already in my hands. But my little ritual is after I leave my sister's house in my rental car that I am returning at Boston Logan Airport, 15 Transportation Way, the rental car agencies, I drive down this road that if I keep driving on it, I will eventually take a turn and get on the freeway or highway on the way to the airport. And my little ritual when I'm usually leaving pretty early from my sister's house is to stop at the Dunkin' Donuts in her town and get a coffee. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, I can make coffee at my sister's house. And sometimes I do. And I have two coffees. Oh my God. But it's a ritual. It's a fun thing. You know, I don't love sometimes driving to the airport. It's, it has its own stress in a way. And it's like my little treat I drive to Dunkin Donuts I go in I feel that Boston or Massachusetts energy I hear the accents And I go in and get a medium coffee With one cream, one sugar Oh my god, not too light, not too sweet Please, just one Not like five pounds of cream And they've got the real cream in there Not the half and half And it's my little treat And they've got that, you know White sugar that just grinds your immune system to a halt I love it, once in a while I need that So I go in And I'm not late for my flight or anything I'm not an idiot But I'm just, I'm on the go I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts I'm not going to the Louvre To, to casually look at paintings I'm not going to uh, A leisurely cafe in Paris I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts Okay, you get in, you get out There's no drive through yeah, I know there's an app and you can, but listen to me. Four times a year, I walk into a Dunkin' Donuts and it's always the one near my sister's house, okay? I'm not doing the app. Just relax, everybody, okay? So I go in and I see one woman in line with six kids. Now, I don't know why. I just figure she's got her six kids and she's just grabbing herself a coffee. It'll take a second. But she's already in the middle of her order and she's ordering a box of 24 donuts. Now, there's about 10 donut flavors in front of her. Now, usually when you get a box of 12, they give you kind of two of each. You get a box of 24, two of each, you know. But she's picking out her own don't. Now, she's allowed to do this. She's a customer. And yeah, it's true. Nobody was in there when she walked in. And there's only one employee though. There's only one person working who has to do everything, do the donuts, do the coffee. So, nobody can be helped while this woman is doing this. She sees people walking in. I came in Then a guy came in In back of me Then two old ladies And I did say to them Would you like to go In front of me Because they looked like They were having trouble Standing up And they said No that's okay Yeah I'm a hero So this woman is With the kid Now the kids Extremely well behaved I think there's like Four or five kids Maybe not six But they're all between The ages of like Four and eight Maybe four and ten Really well behaved Quiet as can be They're not going Mama She's the one trying to make this an event And the woman behind the counter is saying Okay, so what other flavor? And the mom's going one at a time Do you want sprinkles on the... Now the kids probably can't I'm sure they can read But the donuts aren't labeled It doesn't say vanilla sprinkles thing I don't know The labels weren't quite there or visible So they had to describe I want the pink... Well, what's... Mom, what's the pink one with the sprinkles? I don't know Let's ask her What's the pink one with the... So they're now... The mom is asking 50 questions about each donut. It's like, just say two of everything and then you're gone. Then you're done. I'm not joking when I say I got in there at 10 to 10 a.m. I was out. She was done with the order at five past 10. 15 minutes. That was just what I saw. I came in during her transaction. That's ridiculous. You don't, it's just, the kids were not interested they really weren't. You could tell they were just ants in their pants waiting to get the donuts home. They just, imagine you're a little kid and you're just looking at a wall of all kinds of donuts, all kinds of colors and sprinkles. You're just like, uh, yeah, all of it. Thanks. One of the people in my comments on TikTok said, you give the kids the illusion of choice once the donuts get home, but you as the adult go in there, you get in, get out. In that moment in the store, you're in adult world. You're not in kids' world. You're in adult world because there's other people waiting in line. You just get a combination of donuts really quick, two of everything, and then you get home and you give the illusion of choice to the kids. Now, if the kids have allergies and oh, I, I can't have that when it has peanuts, that's not what she was doing though, okay? So don't give me that. So then the woman calls me to the counter when this mom is done. And I say, uh, hi, yeah, can I get a dark roast copy with one cream, one sugar? Thanks. Now, I didn't say it rudely to the woman. I just knew what I wanted really fast. And she goes, anything else? I go, nope, all good. And I already have my card ready, put it in. Then cash tipped a dollar. And I just sort of gave a look to the mom like, that's how you do Now I know I'm a one person With one order With one coffee But she didn't have a ton of stuff They didn't each get crazy drinks Or anything She just came in For a box of donuts So technically She could have done it Just as fast as me Hey there I'd like a box of 24 donuts Just give me two of everything Thanks She could have done that So I left And I made a little TikTok video In the parking lot Saying do you ever order fast Do you ever talk fast When you order something Or just order something efficiently In this passive aggressive way Because you're doing it in front of the person Who just went really slow in front of you As though they're going to look at you and go Oh, I should have done that It's a joke Like the joke is a million things The joke is Why am I ordering fat? Like why am I ordering so efficiently For any other reason than I want to be efficient For myself and for the cashier There's no such thing as I'm going to order in such a way that the woman who took long is going to learn from me That's the joke is like how stupid am I that I actually think I'm going to inspire this woman to do better next time Or make her feel bad It's just like in these moments where we have zero control over others We do these weird behaviors thinking look what I just did I mean we're just fucking humans at the end of the day and that is not a compliment and then in my video, I said, so I asked for a black coffee with cream and sugar. I didn't mean to say black. I meant to say that I'd ask for a dark roast. A lot of times though, I'm sorry to say it with the younger generation, when you go in and order a coffee with cream and sugar, they'll say iced coffee and you'll say no hot coffee. And they'll say what flavor. And I don't know what they mean when they say flavor. And I'll say not flavored, just normal. And they'll be like dark roast or blonde roast. And I'll be like, oh, dark roast. And sometimes there'll be coffee... It's it's like I've had people that work at places say to me, So, like a black coffee with a cream and sugar, and I'm like, Yes. So the definition of black coffee due to younger people is changing. I know it shouldn't, but I'm just telling you that that's why it was in the back of my head. But I didn't, I know what black coffee is. So anyway, all the comments on TikTok were like, What do you mean you got a black coffee with cream and sugar? That's not a black coffee. I'm like, Oh, for the love of God. Then people were like, if you're in such a rush, you should have left more time. I'm like, I wasn't in a rush. Oh, you you had time to make a TikTok video. Yeah, it was 60 seconds. That's also part of the joke. And then people were like, people in Ukraine right now are waiting in line patiently. I'm like, first of all, you don't know how they're waiting in line, okay? I'm sure they are. By the way, obsessed with the war in Ukraine. I am terrified, inspired. I am... Constantly listening to every podcast I can from what's the legal point of view? What can we do if we're not in NATO? Why is it okay to send planes but not have our own? Oh, I get it. Like I'm learning, I'm I'm in deep, I care so much. But at the end of the day, I am an American person in a Massachusetts Dunkin' Donuts, and I cannot take on the pain and suffering and anxiety of the war every second, or else I will literally kill myself with anxiety. And all of you will too. It's important to be aware, but gratitude does not work like this. Oh, it could be so much worse as a war in Ukraine. Why am I complaining? That is shame and self-pity and beating yourself up. People mistake shaming yourself for gratitude. Gratitude is today, I have today to be alive and I'm free and in a free country that's not under attack. You don't say, oh, I shouldn't complain because people in Ukraine, that's That's not how you treat yourself, and that's not how you treat the people. The people are not worried about who's in Dunkin' Donuts annoyed. They would give anything to be annoyed in a Dunkin' Donuts. That's what they want. They want the freedom that they had to go about and live a Western life. If someone in Ukraine right now found out that a woman was ordering donuts slowly, and I just found her to be inconsiderate, they would say, that woman ordering the donuts is inconsiderate, and she's someone that would fucking... We don't want in our citizens' brigade against the Russians, because she just... She doesn't have enough, uh, wherewithal. She doesn't have eyes in the back of her head. She's not quick. That that's, no one's going to go, I can't believe a woman was annoyed that a woman took 15 minutes. That woman that's annoyed, she's disrespecting us. Like this is not how it works. But I understand the anxiety of the younger people because I had that when I was younger. I would wear two watches. One was set to the time in Iraq. And this is during the first Iraq war under George Bush senior in the late eighties. And I would raise my hand in math class. Why do we have to know this? There's a war in Iraq. I mean, what a dumb question. Why do we have to know math? There's a war in Iraq. But that's what I was like. Then you mature a little. And no, it's not that you get colder and ignore this stuff. You realize you literally have to function in the world, especially if you want to help others. They don't need you to be not laughing and not having joy. That We've got to bring joy into this. Like Putin is destroying a country because he's a dictator we can't be over here not laughing at life As a response to that That's darkness That, I mean Go watch any documentary about anyone in the Holocaust If you had said Just, so people are like It's not time to laugh right now I was like, okay, you know what? I Everyone's lost their mind And I've got to be on this fucking internet To promote this goddamn album You know what I mean? I, re, I wish I could give a I wish there was a physical copy of it I would, I would sell it door to door with the Girl Scout cookies That's a throwback to last week's episode. Wow, Jen, how do you do it? You're so creative. So anyway, and then someone was like, oh, I guess nobody should have kids then. I'm like, I, the kids were great. It's the mom I'm talking about. Oh, the moms came after me, but then awesome moms were also replying. I would never do that. I get in, get out. Then other people were telling me, you need to make coffee. This is one girl. You need to make coffee at home and bring it with you. I'm like, yeah, I'm not bringing a thermos, a coffee. Like thermos, like let's just be honest drinking out of a thermos isn't fun. You can taste the thermos. I don't care. Tried every kind of thermos. I hate it. I will bring a thermos to work and then pour it into my mug at work, but I will not be drinking out of a thermos when I'm driving. And then we just have a dirty thermos in my back. Like people, I just went to Dunkin' Donuts. You never got something to go? Come on. I mean, everyone's a hero, right? Oh, there's really no point to this story except If you want to send a listener email about line inconveniences, you can. <laughs> I've seen fun at gmail.com. <sighs> and what do you think it is? Why are pe- why do people respond that way online when they're sitting at home watching curb your enthusiasm and loving every minute of, you know, Larry's little debacles? Anyway, we're gonna finish this episode. I'm going to talk about what happened to me on the airplane. I'm gonna talk about what I love about Bob Odenkirk's new book and uh, this chapter, it's sort of about, he feels the way I feel about going for it, How to? How, why Why I got into this business, why I wasn't thinking of making it. He tells a story about famous improv guru Del, Del Close, and I have a story as well, and I was going to tell my story, and then I read his book, and I thought, oh, this is perfect, and then I'm really obsessed with this new book about the Barbizon Hotel in New York where women used to go to live if they didn't want to get married and they wanted to have a career and it was in the 20s and it's it's a whole thing so that's what's waiting for you on the other side and I hope you join me over on Patreon right now